Hey everyone, episode 14, and it's a new year, it is 2022, we are moving forward through the calendars, they keep flying off the shelves, off the walls, off of your desk, wherever you keep them, they just don't stop, you gotta get a new one, or you use your phone and you don't really pay attention, you go, holy shit, it's been six months, that's how I feel anyway. Hope everybody had a good new year. Um, I hope if you set some goals or some resolutions um, for this new year that they um, that they happen for you, that you stick to them. You know, that can be tough. Um, you get more people signing up for the gym in uh, January than any other month. And I'm pretty sure after like three months, most people quit. Um, so there's a somewhat um, bittersweet statistic for you. Um, I hope you're not in the percentile of the quitters, you know, I hope you're in the percentile of the gym goers where you become a gym person and you start taking pictures and you dry screw your pre-workout. Well, maybe not that. Maybe don't do that. Those people are fucking douchebags. But yeah, I had a good New Year's. I did a whole lot of nothing, honestly. Um, I took a nap at about seven, uh, because all my neighbors decided to spend like a hundred grand on fireworks. Um, and man, they were popping these things off like every 30, 45 seconds, maybe I'm talking like, boom, 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 whatever that was. That's like seconds. That's what it was like though. It was awful. It was like, I don't want to say that it's like a war zone, you know, it's like, a reminded me of Chicago on 4th of July, but that like that that makes a little bit more sense to me on Fourth of July because like that's a thing, right? You're doing fireworks on New Year's. I'm just like, eh, you're being fucking extra, buddy. You know, you don't need to do that, Ted, or whoever you are, Bill. Bill and Ted said it backwards. I always wonder why I go with Bill after Ted. That's why Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. But yeah, um, I figured since this is a new year, a lot of people make. Uh, resolutions, goals, things they'd like to accomplish, and I have those, but this is something that I've been thinking about recently, especially at my job. So I work at a gas station now, talked about this, I've mentioned it in passing. With working at a pawn, uh, not a pawn shop, I used to work at a pawn shop, that's so funny that I did that, because I was at work today, and the phone rang, and I immediately went into blah 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 pawn shop, and then I went, uh, uh, gas station how can I help you to leave names out of this and it was a kind of just like that I went to talk about it because I did it for like three years um it kind of became part of my identity you know um which was not good it was like a it was like being a used car salesman but with everything and man it did it get hard like not only did you have to know about how to sell guns you have to pretend how to sell like a printer and then they'd be like can you show me how it works and you're like maybe I doubt it this printer's been on the shelf for six months. The ink is dry. There's no way this printer's working. But you got to try to find a way around that or you get yelled at um, by the boss. But anyways, something I come into contact with a little bit more um, at this job, as opposed to like other jobs I've worked in the past, when you work at a gas station, man, you see a lot of different forms of addiction. You know, you see people that buy, you know, cartons of cigarettes for $80, you know, 
that's just where I live. Might be cheaper where you live. Might be more expensive where you live, right? But, like, you see people, and if you tell them they don't have a carton, like, it's not available. You can't buy it. You see it. You see the demons come out, you know? You see that fucking, the dark side of the yin and yang start to pop out, you know? And when you see that pop out, me, um, like, myself, I, I, I'm not, like, resentful, but at the same time, like, I can relate, but I also feel like it's sad, you know? You know, you see these uh, old ladies come in in the middle of the night buying, like, three bottles of wine, um, you know, dudes buying cases on cases of beer. Um, then you got, you know, people who are overweight buying a bunch of sugar. You know, you see it in all different forms. And then you see people that come in and they're, like, in the grips of addiction, you know? They're out in the middle of the night in, you know, the dark arts hours, um, and they're doing nothing. They're walking up and down the streets, um, you know, they're hanging out in the bathroom doing God knows what, drugs, um, cleaning open wounds, who knows, right? Weird shit. And like I said, it makes me sad, but at the same time, I'm a human, right? And something I was thinking about, um, for the new year for myself is like, I wouldn't say that I'm like a judgmental person, you know, I try to be nice and I try to kind of like Naruto, you know, I try to, I try to replicate like, how did I feel when I was in that situation? Or how did I feel when I was in a bad spot and nobody was really there for me? And you try to make sure that people don't feel that way, right? But in the same breath, you know, I feel like some of these people, they don't, like, what is responsibility, you know, I've, I, I've thought, I've thought about this before, like, you know, what is responsibility, you know, responsibility is, uh, taking care of the things, like, you need to take care of, um, it is like an unwritten contract that you have signed with other members of society, or your family members, or your job, responsibilities are, you know, it's you taking control of your choice and your free will, and what happens with those choices, you know what I mean? When you break it down, it's all about how do you handle it? How do you come to grips with it? And people who lack responsibility, they don't. There is nothing there, you know? It's almost like a psychopath with emotions. There's none. It's a void. Everything else is a charade of it. Which is why, you know, you see it a lot with, like, people on drugs. Um, people who are addicted. They steal from people. Um, they, like, pawn people's shit. I know that firsthand. Um, they steal things, you know, they do all these things and then they still expect help or they still expect sympathy or they still expect some form of like respect. And I'm not saying they don't deserve it. And I'm not saying people don't deserve help. This is just me and my 2022 brain trying to figure out, you know, how can I be better at this? And that's something I struggle with. You know, I, I had this guy come in. It was tonight, actually. Like, I just got off work. It's like 5 a.m. Um, I had this guy come in, and he comes in all the time, and, you know, he buys his 99-cent drink from the fountain, maybe a couple of them, depending on, you know, who's with him, and he'll buy, like, a, an apple fritter or a, a nice pastry out of our pastry case, you know? And he always pays in, in change, which is, like, not a big deal, but, you know, you're paying in change, I'm, I'm going to assume that you're going through something, or, um, like I said, you don't have, uh, 
a good paying job or you don't have uh, people willing to lend you any money or you're just not uh, good with money and you know that's all you got left and you're trying to make it work now all the time uh, similar to like when I worked at Dollar Tree this dude I, can you let me slide on 37 cents like no I can't I don't make the prices and I don't have 37 cents I don't carry cash I'm sorry buddy and I can't do it for everybody I've said this before I can't do that for everybody as nice as I'd like to be you know I just can't do it all the time I'd be running out of money myself you know like, we all got to eat in this world. I try to help out where I can, but it's like, nah, dog, I can't just cover you all the time. And they ask me every single day, right? So this dude comes in today, bro, and grabs like four candy bars, and then goes over to make his drinks. And then he comes to the counter. Guess what's not there? These four candy bars. Now, I recently learned that Reese's, um, whoever owns them, whether it's Nestle or Mars, one of them chocolate companies, right? Um... They trademark that color orange, right? That Reese's orange. The reason it's so iconic and identifiable is because they made it that way. And they spent money to ensure no one else can have that. So your brain only goes, ah, Reese's. Reese's Puffs. Peanut butter chocolate flavor, you know? That's what you're thinking about. You're thinking about the Reese's, right? Now, this man's is wearing uh, some not-so-fit-for-him uh, sweatpants. And uh, I can see that the chocolate bars are in his pocket, right? So I stand there at the counter and I wait for him. And I have this mental dialogue. Like, am I going to call this dude out? Am I not going to call this dude out? What am I going to do about the situation at hand, right? And well, I decided to call him out, you know? And it was something that, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't have done it. Maybe I should have just turned a blind eye. Um... Maybe I shouldn't have ran the risk of, you know, upsetting somebody or causing a big dramatic problem. Um, but something inside of me is just always, it's like always been there for me, whether it's I think I'm right or I think someone else is wrong or I think that, you know, this idea trumps that idea or this argument is more, you know, uh, supported than that argument. If there's ever a time where there's a line drawn in the sand and I'm the one who drew it, or I've been issued, I will pick a line, and I, I will pick a side, and I will defend it with, like, every ounce of my being, just because, and it's not good, it's sometimes prideful, and sometimes ego-driven, but, um, nonetheless, it's authentic, and it's, it's me, right, you know, I've always been that way, you ask anybody who knows me, Dave loves to argue, but it's not even about the argument. To me, it's like, no, like I know what I believe in and like it might change. I might grow as a person, but like I know what's right and I know what's wrong and I know my versions and I know within my own reality what fits inside of these categories. Right. And so, like, you know, the little Batman voice in my head is like, no, we need justice. Uh, can't can't just let people steal, especially right in front of me. Right. It's like, I don't know, man. It's like when you really think about like, like I'll use the Batman and the Joker, very famous. Everybody's seen the Dark Knight, right? That's really what it's about. It's about Batman who is order and morality, overcoming hardships and, you know, um, evil, you know? And then there's Joker who is pure chaos and lack of order and like hedonistic lifestyle, and I'm not going to lie, when I was in like high school, I wouldn't say I stole a lot of stuff, but yeah, I had a lot of friends that 
I mean, I had some friends, man. They would go to the mall. Man, they would steal Ray-Bans from Sunglass Hut. They would steal every kind of perfume, or not perfume, cologne from like Hollister and um, what's the other one? American Eagle, Abercrombie and Fitch. All of these nice, you know, test bottles. And they steal them. They jack them. You know, they had all kinds of cool stuff. They would put on sweatpants and put on, you know, Nike shorts and uh, all kinds of stuff, right? They'd be coming back selling this stuff. Um, and as a, like a teenager, I guess for me, it was like, well, you know, they're not really stealing from a person or, uh, you know, someone's house or like, you know, a family or a community. You know, they're stealing from corporations, right? So it's like, who gives a fuck? Like Dick Sporting Goods going to make a million you know, Sunglass Hut ripping people off, you know, Abercrombie and Fitch, like, fuck them, they're charging $80 for a, a t-shirt, $200 for a pair of jeans, and they put out bottles of cologne, that's on them, you know, now, the older I get, I realize that it's just not good to steal things in general, whether it's from a person or a company or, like, an entity of a business, right, it's not good because it goes back to the saying, like, you are who you are when no one's looking. And if no one's looking and you're a thief, then you're a fucking thief, you know, and nobody likes a thief. I remember one time I stole a pair of headphones from uh, these kids that lived on the other side of the neighborhood. It was at a sleepover and everybody was asleep. And I saw these headphones. I was like, you know what? I could take these and nobody ever know. Well, they came up to my house asking my mom if I had these headphones. And I tried to hide them. But I didn't hide them very well. And uh you know, they left thinking I didn't have them and my mom found them and she made me go down there and tell those people I stole it and fucking like face to face. And it was terrible experience. And that's a good thing because it shaped me and I don't steal things, you know, and I'm not talking like you stole somebody's lighter, you know, that's whatever. It might be an accident, whatever. I'm talking about like actively like you know what, I'm going to wait till all these people are doing this and then I'm going to steal it, like actively planning to steal something from somebody else. Um, it's not good. So then I started to think, am I going to confront this man? And I did. And the reason I did is because I guess for me, I don't want to live in a, in a society or in a community or in a culture that just because, I don't know, it's a, it's a business or, you know, a corporation that you know, you could just turn a blind eye because like, you're not really stealing from like, that's what leads like, that's the problem. In my opinion, is that idea right there of like, oh, well, it's not a person. It's like, oh, okay, so it's okay to steal in certain instances. I don't believe that. I don't think it's right to steal. You know, I guess if it comes down to like that age old ethical question of would you steal bread to feed your family? Some people might say yes. Some people might say no. Now me, I'm somewhere in the middle. I might steal, but I would probably try to do everything I could before I had to steal, you know? You know, charity, asking for favors, trying to do any sort of work you can, even if they can't pay you just for food, right? Something like that, you know? I would try to do something, and if literally I'm out of every single option on earth, then I might steal to help out the others that I need to help out, you know what I mean? But this guy... He's got money in his pocket. He's buying a, like a hundred ounces of soda. You know, it just blows my mind where it's like, damn, bro. So you can, you can come in here with that $3 and you can waste it on soda all the time. You can bring me all your spare change and change and waste it on pastries and sweets and sugars. But now you want these extra things. You're just like, nah, I'm just going to take this. 
because I feel like it, because I'm entitled to it. And I had a problem with that. And I don't know. The more I thought about it overnight, I molded over. I wrote down. Uh, I think I still have it somewhere. I brought it home with me. It's a little it's a little piece of paper that said what time he was in there, what he was wearing, what he took. Um, and I was going to talk to my manager about it. The more I thought about it, I was like, man, you know, I think the the threat of, like, calling the police or getting him trespassed or whatever, like, maybe that's enough to scare him. Maybe he doesn't do it anymore. Or maybe he comes back in and he steals and, you know, then I just, whatever. You know, I'm always about giving a second chance. But, you know, it made me start to think, you know, do I judge these people too hard? Should I turn a blind eye? But... I don't think so. I don't think that's the case. I think I think that's like a new new age thought that creeps in of like you know where it's like uh you give an inch they take a mile. I feel like that comes around more and more in today's like society and to in this era, in this day of age, you know. Yeah, and it's like I said before, I like I I don't know a politically correct term uh, for these people. So if I offend somebody, uh, if I offend one of your family members, um, or even you personally, <clears throat> you yourself, you know, if you take offense to what I'm about to say, I'll apologize in advance. Um, I call it like I see it. I kind of just speak the way I've always spoken, because that's what I know. Um, but if I offend somebody, I apologize. Um, I don't really know what else to call them. I call them crackheads, tweakers. I don't really use the word junkie because I feel like that's like uh, outdated, but I generally just generalize them all as crackheads, right? I feel like that's a pretty universal term. Uh, tweakers, that's another one I say. Um, but I will see these individuals, these, you know, these people that are on drugs. I don't think there's a nice thing to call them because I don't think it's a nice thing to be. I think it's sad. I think it's a, a waste of, of time and effort and, um, you know, like I said, I, uh, I see these people come in and they always got a problem with me. They're always upset. They always, you know, it's the world against them. And it's like, man, I'm, you know, I don't think I've ever been addicted to drugs that hard, but man, I've definitely felt addiction to certain things, whether it be nicotine or, you know, marijuana or, um, alcohol, you know, I, I my grandfather was an alcoholic to the point where like he drank himself to death. Uh, you know, my father, he drinks a lot. Um, people, uh, especially on my dad's side that are males, they struggle with alcohol. Um, and I did too. I indulged in that for like the past two years and it wasn't until I really stopped and I stopped to think like, man, that's true. Like you can pretend you're not, but if you're going to the bar every single night or if you're not at the bar and you come home, you're playing video games, you still got to crack beers. Like, you know, you might not be an alcoholic, but if you're drinking by yourself and you're drinking a lot, you struggle with it. It's, it's some form of addiction. There's something that feeds you to keep doing it, the the serotonin or the, the endorphins, whatever it does for you, or even just the the sedation of it, you know, um, taking you away from your problems. I feel like I've been in those situations. So when I see these people and they continually come in here and they got the same problems and they got the same, you know, change and they're still mad at me about, I don't know, their $1.60 filtered cigars being out of stock. It's like, what you, what you want me to do? Why are you mad at me, you know? And it's like, I'm mad at you. You know, how many people in your life have tried to help you that, you know, I don't know, you screwed over or maybe you don't have anybody and that's sad, but it's like, I don't know, man, it's something I struggle with. And when I get like instances like this where it's like, man, I could really like cause a big problem and, you know, get the police on this man and 
I don't know. I just felt like it didn't fit the punishment. I felt like maybe just the shaming and him being caught. Because he got nervous, bro. He's shaking, uh, avoiding eye contact, throwing money down so he can get out the store faster. Like, I know he's dead to rights. I caught him. You know, he's red-handed. He's got the cookie crumbs on his lip and his hand's still in the jar. He's like, I didn't eat no cookies. And he's taking more right in front of my face without putting the lid on and trying to act like he ain't taking no cookies. And it's like, man, like... It's like I said, maybe if he, you know, ran in and grabbed some canned goods and a loaf of bread and some cold cuts and then ran out the store. Like, I got to feed my family. I might have some more sympathy. I might feel a different type of way. But it's like, man, you come in here and you waste money on cigarettes and you waste money on on sodas. And I know everybody's got a vice, you know, I'm not perfect either. But it's like, I don't go to the lengths to then steal just because I had a bad day. The world didn't the world didn't give me what I felt I was owed you know I don't think I'm in the place I should be so I'm gonna just do this and I'm not hurting nobody right I'm just stealing it from a shop it's like yeah bro but like that's the problem you know and I think sometimes especially a lot in my life that side of my brain kind of takes over to where you know like I said sometimes I feel more like Sasuke than Naruto if you've ever watched you know, Naruto, like, Naruto grew up in a village where he was shunned, and kids weren't allowed to play with him growing up, and uh, nobody spoke to him, he had no family, no parents, uh, nobody, you know, and this kid grows up to be, like, the nicest dude ever, like, imagine after a giant, like, think of anything you like, whether it's fantasy, or comic books, or action movies, or, you know, real life, uh, you know, uh, military stuff. I know some dudes like really like that stuff and they don't really like the fake stuff. They like, you know, watching war movies and war documentaries. Think about like, like a a giant battle happened, right? And like the, the general of one side and you know, the, the enemy, right? Their, their general or their leader, right? You know, they just lost this battle and he could come and he could finish this dude off, this other enemy, right? He could finish him off. My favorite, one of my favorite arcs in Naruto is when he meets uh, the real pain. I don't want to spoil it for nobody, but when he meets the real pain, and uh, man, it's like this. He's like, imagine you're face to face from somebody who killed your entire village, your your teachers, your friends, um, you know, little kids that look up to you, you know, um, your favorite restaurant and the owner. And your entire family, your entire village has been wiped out. And you come face to face with this dude. And instead of choosing violence or a fight, you end up just relating and understanding the other person so much that that person changes their mind. It really makes you think like, man, you know, could I do that in real life? Or is there a reason that this is a story and this is um, a work of art and it's fiction? Is because that would never work, right? You know, it makes you wonder. And then... For anybody who's not seen Naruto, there's his best friend um, is Sasuke. Now, Sasuke is the complete opposite, you know? Sasuke is like, I will wipe out anyone who disagrees with me. Because, like, technically he does have, like, an idea of, you know, a perfect world or a better way. But it's like ruling by fear. It's uh, making sure nobody can challenge it. It's uh, more of oppressive, more like me, like... Yeah, instead of being nice to you and understanding about your stealing shit, I'm going to just call the cops. I'm going to make sure you get arrested. I'm going to do all these things, and I'm going to make sure that you live in fear of doing it again so you won't do it, you know? And to where that might work, it comes down to, like, is that 
is that real though? Is that genuine? You know, like with Naruto and the way he talks to people, it's called talk no jutsu. You know, he doesn't have to use any special moves or any skills or any fighting at all. He just has to talk to you. And basically he breaks you down so much that like, it's like Inception. He breaks you down so much that you yourself rethink your entire uh, plan of attack or your entire worldview to the point where like, you know, you would self-sacrifice for it. You would, you know, fall on your own sword because you know you were wrong, you know? And of course, like in Naruto, there's a lot of cool stuff that happens afterwards. You know, people come back to life, villages get rebuilt, things go back to normal, Naruto becomes a hero. But, you know, at the same time, there's something appealing about like the Sasuke route of being dejected from human uh, interactions and, you know, strictly speaking on a set of morals and a, and, a, and a set of ethics that we live by and we choose to live by. And we enforce that with, you know, the force we deem necessary. And, you know, it's a constant battle I feel sometimes, you know, I I try not to judge people, but I've been judged so much in my life and I've been so misunderstood in my life. It's like, well, you know, if nobody's willing to give me that, why why should I reciprocate it? Why should I try to, you know, be the better person? And that's something my mom always told me to try to be the bigger person. And a lot of my life, I try to do that, man. But there's just this, I don't even want to call it a dark side. It's just this other side of like, kind of like Batman, you know? Like he knows, like Batman knows at the end of the day, what he does is a half measure. He just knows that if he goes down the other route, it becomes chaos without order, without a set of rules, without, a, you know, a code of ethics, without something to live by, it's nothing. It's whatever. And then it just all becomes mush. It all becomes null and void. It's it's just nothingness, you know? Because once you go down, you can't come back. Like, once you go to a certain point, it's over, you know? And, and maybe you can come back in certain instances. You know, Batman, his thing is like murder. Like, once you become a murderer, you can never come back. And that's true. If you, like, take a life, whether it's self-defense or whatever the case may be, you've still gone to a place where... No matter what it was, you never come back from that, I feel. Like, I feel like anyone, even if it was justified or self-defense, they can try to be as macho as they want. But I think at the end of the day, if you ever took, like, another person's life or something like that, you would, you know, think about it a lot. It would, you know, it was something that would stick with you. It's not just something you can brush off, even if you're the most macho dude in the world. Like, maybe I'm wrong, or maybe there's a lot of, so like, sociopaths. I mean, is that the right one? Either one, whatever. I only took half a semester of that in high school. It didn't even count. But anyways, let me know what you guys think. If anyone uh, wants to get in touch with me, um, do you struggle with that? Are you are you too forgiving? Are you a give an inch, take a mile kind of person? Are you somewhat like me sometimes where you feel like regardless of how you got there, you should strive to do better? And me allowing you, like me allowing that dude to steal unchecked or unnoticed, I feel like that's bad for him. I feel like he's going to continue his life thinking he could just steal and that it's okay because, you know, oh, I, you know, this guy knows I don't have a lot of money or this guy knows that I'm having a hard time. So, you know, he should be sympathetic and let me just, you know, break the rules. And it's like, without rules, we go back to cavemen. We go back to people, you know, take, like, you just think about, think about like old civilizations where they didn't have a lot of set rules. It's like history's written by the winners, you know? Like the Romans, bro. 
the Romans went into like where the like Celtic and, you know, uh, Gaelic tribes of like Germany and um, maybe I don't think they got to like the the UK, but like they were over in Germany and, uh, you know, over in Europe and they were fighting, you know, Vikings and, and Celtics at that time. Um, and, you know, it was like one of those things where it's like, it's fascinating. I listened to like a five hour podcast by Dan Carlin. It's called Hardcore History. Um, but it's five hours about when Julius Caesar went on these war campaigns against uh, the Celtic and Gaelic tribes. And basically what it was, was these people who lived without rules or without like a set society. It was just, you know, roaming tribes that were at war. They had to band together in order to try to save their own culture and, you know, their way of life compared to like the Romans who were all about structure and order and even Rome fell, you know? So I guess like that's the, it's the great debate, you know? Does it matter if you have so many rules like Rome and you build a great, you know, society with these marvels of architecture, you know, still somewhat around to this day and, you know, uh, such a big impact on the world that even, you know, thousands of years later, people still talking about you. And then you have, you know, you still have like the other side, you know, like they still got through too. So it's like, I don't know. It's something I've been struggling with. Like I said, it's, it's tough for me because I try not to be judgmental, but at the end of the day, I just think that, I think that there's a low bar right now. I feel like things are allowed and um, things are, you know, I think like people let things fly too much nowadays. I feel like people don't have enough respect for themselves to stand up for what they believe in, you know. And me personally, like I said, I think I think stealing's wrong. And I think just because you're in a bad place or you're going through it, you know, I don't think that justifies you being able to do what most people don't do. The majority of people don't steal. The mo- you know, majority of people follow the rules. And when you just feel like you can break them, it's a problem for me. But then at the same time, it's like, I don't know, should I be more compassionate? You know, do they have a disease? Do they have a chemical imbalance? Do they have something that's, you know, making them act out of character? But it's like, you know, like I said, it's just like, you feel like these people always try to get over on you. And like I said, it's tough to watch from the from the outside, you know, you know, uh, seeing like old people that can't breathe very well. And they're buying four packs of cigarettes, you know. Hey, man, that's on them to buy it. But at the same time, like, I got to hand that shit over. It makes me feel bad sometimes. Like, man, I don't want to give you this. I don't think you need this. But at the same time, I guess you're already too far gone, right? You might as well have a good time. That's how I feel like this one old lady, she comes in. I think she's got the shakes. And she buys, like, three bottles of this cheap wine. I'm like, man, this is poison. You drink it and you pay for it. And, um, yeah, man. Like I said, it's tough not to tough not to think about these things. And I guess sometimes it's even tougher not to act on them. You know, like I kind of felt bad after I left and I, you know, didn't tell my manager about it or anything. I was like, man, did I let this guy get off. You know, this guy going to come back in and now every time he steals something, he knows I'm not going to do nothing. But um, then, you know, the other side of my brain is like, well, who are you? You know, I'm not... I'm no position of authority. You know, I can't detain him. I can't touch him. Um, You know, he didn't steal nothing valuable. He didn't threaten me. You know, he's just stealing candy bars, right? But, man, I don't like when it's, like, tried to be justified by, like, the amount 
or the the thing it is, you know? For me, it's like, man, if I just, if I work here, right, and this is my responsibility to take care of this establishment, I've been entrusted, I have a job to do, I get paid to do this, I feel like I should do it to the best of my ability, and I feel like if I hand out little pieces of control here and there to where it's like, ah, oh, you can steal, I guess, because, you know, whatever, or, you know, you can, you know, break this rule, or, yeah, bro, you know, you can, you know, sit outside for an hour and loiter, it's like, no, nah, I have to hold everybody to a higher standard, and I think sometimes people forget, like, it's not because it's necessarily, like, necessarily something you want to do, like, I don't want to be a dickhead to people, I don't want to call the police on you, I don't want to have to, like, I don't know, uh, tell you that, like, you know, you gotta go, you can't just sit out here, I don't care who you're waiting for, like, <sighs> It's not that I want to do these things. It's I have to do these things. It's what I get paid for. I have a responsibility. I have a duty. And I feel like people get so caught up in like, oh, I, I work for this corporation and I don't get paid enough. It's like, well, I don't know, man. Do you deserve it? Like, I don't, you know, I've met so many people in my life that work some jobs and they don't even do a good job, but they feel like they deserve more money or they deserve more respect. It's like, well, do you? Like, do you take it serious? Do you care enough about it? Do you have pride in your work? Like, man, I've worked at gas stations, I've worked at subways, I've worked at, you know, Department of Defense jobs where I had a, a cat car just to get on a, a naval base, you know, uh, I've worked like on a farm, baling hay, and I, I even had a homie, we used to, <laughs> my homie Ben, we used to fucking uh, pick green beans for like 25 cents a piece, it, you know, I, I knew people in high school that would pick sunflowers for farmers for 25 cents, it'd be like, it all depends on what you're willing to do. Like, do you have a drive? Do you have a work ethic? Because I feel like a lot of people, they just want to see the end result, especially a lot of people my age um, that I meet just at different jobs. It just always feels like there's this entitlement of like, you know, I get that inflation. Like, trust me, bro, I live with my parents. Like, if you think I don't understand how expensive stuff is, you know, I get it. I had to work two jobs in Chicago literally just to pay rent and survive. And um, it wasn't fun, but it's like, you know, it's a give and take. You don't just deserve it just because shit's expensive and it's not the 50s anymore. You need to have some skills. You need to have something to offer. And if you don't have something to offer, you need need to have pride in what you do and have a decent work ethic. You know, I guess sometimes that's what I feel from these people that I interact with when, you know, they look at me like I'm some asshole. When I look at them like, hey, man, I'm just trying to do my job. And in all honesty, I'm giving you the same respect is everybody else I'm gonna hold you to a standard and I feel like a lot of people don't do that a lot of people let shit slide a lot of people don't care enough to bother and that's a problem and the same people who don't care enough to bother and turn a blind eye are the same people that are the squeaky wheel you know they get the most grease and you know they just you know make the most noise it's not like they have you know something to offer they have a different solution it's just they don't care enough to bother and they think they deserve more and I know this episode is a bit of a rant it's, you know, but this is just something I've been struggling with, man. And um, I think people don't talk about it enough. I think a lot of people play this pretend, you know, they hate politicians, but a lot of people speak the same way on social media and uh, in real life. They 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 speak this this fantasy, this great idea, this promised land, this this utopia idea. And in real life, they're nothing like that, you know. They're just as bad as the people that they look up to. It's like I said before, I, I I deleted my Facebook, my original one, like, and my Instagram, all kinds of stuff, like, over a year ago. And when I got back on it, it's the same damn thing. You know, when I got back on Facebook, the 
the Kyle Rittenhouse kid was going on trial. And man, I didn't see a single person share their own ideas. I just saw a bunch of people regurgitate these links and these posts and these memes. And it's like, does anybody have any thoughts of their own on the matter? Or do you all just have ideas of other people's ideas? And I don't know. Maybe that's why I wanted to start this, you know, so I could give my own thoughts. And that's really what it is. I wanted to have a good time too, tell you guys some stories, some funny stuff. But sometimes it gets serious. And sometimes it gets philosophical where I sit here and I ponder morality and I ponder you know my own duality of of the yin and yang that my my personal favorite is there's two wolves inside and you know you are who you are depending on which one you feed you know yin and yang is I don't know yin and yang's too perfect it's divided too perfectly and I don't think that's the case I think a lot of the time it's it's a majority of one and the lack of the other and it's because like I said I made a choice today to not feed that vengeful side, that the side that, you know, wants justice and wants you to follow the rules and be a good part of this society and, and, you know, help strengthen a community of people who don't just steal because they feel like it. You know, they got money to spend on, on, you know, 64 ounces of Dr. Pepper, but mm, I'm going to just take this because I want to, I feel like it, you know, it's very hedonistic and I feel like, uh, not even just this country, bro, the whole world just kind of in that, you know, take what I want because I feel like it. And I feel like that sometimes too, you know, sometimes I, I want to start an argument just because I want to prove someone wrong or just because I want to get my opinions out there. You know, sometimes I'll judge somebody just because I don't like how they acted or I don't like uh, what they did or, you know, like this one time, bro, I had a guy come in, he's got a big old gold chain on and he's too good to say hello too good to respond to how's your day going, too good to even look at me, because he's got this gold chain on, right, he's got these clothes on, and he proceeds to pay with everything in dimes, I'm not trying to judge nobody, but it's like, bro, you're trying to put on this front, like, you got a giant gold chain on, and you ain't got no dollar bills, your priorities are in the wrong place, and it's not just that you're paying in change, it's also the fact that you're too good to look at me, I'm beneath you, right, like, who wants to talk to the gas station attendant, right? You know, heaven forbid you ask me how my day's going, you know? Not that I give a shit. Not that I want you to ask. But it's like, I... Of course I do it because I'm hired and I gotta have customer service. You know, you gotta be good at your job. You know, you gotta... There's standards that people want. But it's also the same as, like, a mutual respect. You know? Somewhat of an interaction between humans. I, I'm doing... Like, you want something and I'm doing something for you. Whether it's hitting a few buttons and scanning the barcodes... You know, you know, there ain't no robots yet that's doing it. So, you know, you don't have to deal with me. And it's like, you know, it goes without saying that a lot of service jobs in this day and age, you know, people want like the thing. They want their frappuccino or they want their fucking burger and fries or, you know, they want their pizza, whatever they want. And they don't give a shit about who's giving it to them. And then when these people close or when these places can't find nobody to work there, people wonder why. And they get even more pissed off. It's like, this is why. Because like you work a job, but then when you get off your job, you forget you just worked a job. And you pissed off that this person ain't doing what you want. And I've done it before. I've been to a place and got so mad, irrationally mad, that I forget that I work a job too. But, you know, it all comes back to like the question of like... Which way is better? Is it better to hold everybody to such a high standard, like the Batman way, 
where everybody's held to a standard and the standard is is imperative to our society and and um the order of things you know or you know is it better for everybody to just do whatever they want and eventually it'll work itself out right you know i think eventually everything comes back to order so i think chaos is only necessary it's the same way you can't have creation without destruction you know it's it's forever changing and i feel like in this day and age we're in one of the changing parts for sure you know we got icebergs melting we got you know polar bears and and whales going extinct you know we got people trying to we got like one side of the world that's trying to go to mars right trying to build stuff in space and we got another side of the world that still throws trash in the ocean and still burns like man i I don't know if it was thailand or china or what but i saw this picture of this of the city that was just like so like it was the street level and it was just so covered in smog these people have to wear masks it's like in America, if you go far away from L.A., you see, like, the the cloud of smog, right? But when you're in L.A., it's not really that bad, you know? You can still breathe. You can still move around. It's like when you go far away, you see it. It's like these other countries on the other side of the earth, you know? We still got people living in, like, shitty houses with no clean water and, you know? It's like it's happening all at once now. And because of the internet and social media and all these things, we get to see it happen all at once. And, um... It can make you feel very conflicted, you know? Everybody's mad about billionaires when they're struggling to pay bills. But, you know, I don't know. I don't have the answers. I just have the, just have the ideas. You know, I have the stream of consciousness to observe it, you know? But um, I think that's where I'm going to get off on that topic. Like 40 minutes of that. If you sat through it, if you think it's interesting, let me know. I'm kind of taking a risk on this episode. Um, this is all kind of stuff I just thought of today. Um, just because I felt like I could talk about it and I did for a while, but I don't know how much of it is coherent. So I hope that that made sense in some way because, uh, my mind kind of works like, um, you ever see in like, uh, like it's always sunny in Philly where, uh, Mac, he's got the boar with all the, with all the yarn and it's like a conspiracy, like that's my brain. Everything's connected. It's just, ah, it's like, yeah, you have to work to see where all the, where all the lines meet up, you know? But, um. Other than that, man, um, yeah, I don't know. It's been pretty good. Um, about my first grade at comic book, I think I said that last week. Probably going to go to the comic book store later on today. Uh, I get Fridays and Saturdays off. Um, to anyone who cares, if you've been listening, um, the panic attacks I've gotten over. Uh, a good friend of mine showed me some breathing exercises, so, you know, we're good with that. Um, you know? getting stronger every day uh also some other things i've uh reached out to some people that you know i had uh you know arguments with in the past um since this is a new year this is like a good story i had a homie that me and him got into a very heated argument screaming at each other novel text messages you know questioning each other's intentions and world views and personal uh actions and um yeah, man, I didn't talk to this dude for, like, probably four months. And the more I thought on it, it was one of those things. It was like, man, you know, whether I think I should or shouldn't apologize, somebody I care about was hurt by my actions. Um, and somebody I care about I did not listen to. And that hurt me. And uh, I got in contact with a mutual friend of ours and uh, ended up squashing it. 
play some video games with him earlier today and it was real cool you know felt real good to uh not only be able to apologize but to have somebody be willing to listen and you know take that for uh what it is you know because there's a lot of people in my life I love to apologize to that won't give me the time of day and that is perfectly fine um that's something I have to live with you know but it's always good when you can uh backtrack and you can apologize for something and re reconnect with someone that you feel like is important you know um I know sometimes people will reach out and they get brushed off and that shit hurts you know um especially when you're in the wrong and you know you're in the wrong and you want to show that growth and you can't showcase it and you get uh, stuck in like this pigeonhole of no that this version of you like a friend of mine a really good friend of mine um that I don't speak to uh, I don't speak to him because of some shit I said when I was like 20 years old and I was drunk and that's not an excuse that's just that's who I was at that time I was a scared young man in a big city um able to get uh you know drunk during the day on my day off and you know they say uh, a drunk man says what a sober man thinks. And that is very true in this case. I told him every fucking thing that I had thought. And uh, it was not very nice. And I did it very aggressively. Um, it's kind of like an ambush. And at that point in his life, he probably wasn't in a position to hear it. Especially uh, from somebody that he might have considered a, a good friend at that time. And that person refused to, uh, refuses to speak to me and let me apologize. And that hurts me to know that in his mind, I will forever be that 20-year-old uh, young man uh, with a bad temper and a lot of stupid shit to say. But there's nothing I can do to change it. So when I have one of these interactions, I feel very thankful um, that that person gives me that you know opportunity to uh, show that I've changed and show that I'm capable of being wrong. Although it's rare. It is very rare. <laughs> but yeah, um, other than that, man. Uh, there's some news, some nerdy news, um, and then I got some sports news. Usually I do these first, uh, but I wanted to switch it up and do, uh, kind of the main point, the main topic first, see how that flows. And then at the end, uh, get into a little bit of thing. So the nerdy talk, in case anyone cares, if you're a DC fan, um, I know a lot of people out there who aren't into comics love the Marvel movies, you know, the MCU, Endgame, Infinity War, the 10 year, you know, giant you know, cinematic universe they've built, you know, DC doesn't have that, all right, DC has really good comics, and they have very good animated movies, as far as live action, they have dog shit since Christian Bale, um, I think Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman's been the best one since Christian Bale, and that's really it, but in case anybody cares, there's a new Flash movie coming out, um, it's gonna be based off the Flashpoint comic, this movie is effectively going to retcon the entire uh, DC uh, cinematic universe or extended universe. I think they call it the DCEU. Excuse me. And basically what this is going to do, it's going to erase every Superman movie. So Henry Cavill, gone. Uh, ben Affleck's Batman, even though it was a Superman movie, gone. Um, Wonder Woman, gone. Um... Aquaman, pos I think everybody's gone, um, except uh, The Flash will stay, uh, Shazam, um, I never watched that movie, but I heard it wasn't great, and then um, basically Michael Keaton's Batman, for all, anybody who's older than me, probably your Batman, anybody who's my age, the, the other good Batman besides Christian Bale, um, is now the Batman, and then they will have a Batgirl 
who will basically take over as this universe's Batman. So there is no Batman. Robert Pattinson is kind of like, think of that like the Joker. It's not connected to anything. It's just a Batman series, you know, which is good for me because if it's good, they'll keep making them and they don't have to worry about writing him in and having the continuity line up. Um, what I think DC doesn't realize about this is one, me, I don't care because I'll probably watch it because I'm a DC stan, but a lot of people just aren't going to get it. Um, I don't think a lot of people are going to gravitate towards a Batgirl. I feel like a Batgirl, I don't know. You have to introduce her really well. And there's so many comics about her. And if people don't really know the story, it gets a little wishy-washy. Um, but the thing that DC doesn't understand is like Marvel built this like a chess game, bro. Like they went after Iron Man as a property because it wasn't very popular and it was cheap and they could get Robert Downey Jr. and John Favreau could do it. And then they started building around that, right? DC just, they picked old dudes. Not that I have anything against Ben Affleck, but he's old. Henry Cavill is, you know, doing The Witcher now. Um, and he's even older than, like, when was the first Superman movie? Like, years ago, bro. Years ago. And while they were all right, they weren't great. You know, Jesse Eisenberg is Lex Luthor. <laughs> you know, a death stroke was teased at the end and nothing ever happened. Um, but DC just couldn't keep up, right? So they are now going to effectively wipe all that out and we will get a fresh slate. Hopefully Ezra Miller gets to stay as Flash because I really liked him in the Justice League. Um, but yeah, so there you go. Um, if you're a Marvel fan, good news for you. We're not coming anywhere near your movies anytime soon. And if you're a DC fan, get ready for more disappointment. Um, hopefully the movie's good, but I don't know. Basically everything, everything you thought might happen and you might get is now out the window and uh now up in the air um so there's that um going back to a little bit of some sports talk for the end uh my raiders i'm a raiders fan um formatively oakland now in las vegas um might have i this would be my favorite thing ever and i'm not a huge sports guy um but you know i'm an american i watch football i played football a bit growing up it's something to watch. I like it. I got a team. I follow them, you know, as much as they deserve to be followed because we're not very good. But we have a chance of making the playoffs. Now, to anyone who doesn't care about sports, let me just try to get you in on this idea because this isn't even about sports. This would be about, like, sticking it to a giant corporation and putting on one of the most obscure and rare events in sport history and, like, uh, American history, right? So how the playoffs work... If you don't understand football or you don't care enough to bother, basically, before playoffs, there are certain teams that are so good they are guaranteed to go into the playoffs. Then there are other teams who have to play other games to decide who gets the last spots. And, like, it sometimes is dependent on if this team loses, this team's automatically guaranteed, or both of these teams won. So now this team, whoever wins, there's only one. It's the Highlander. They get to go to the playoffs. The other team, you're going home. We'll see you next year, right? So the Raiders have landed in such a nice spot. It is the spot that only the Oakland Raiders could fall into, potentially. So, if this week, Indianapolis loses, and, uh, fuck, <laughs> I already messed it up. I think if Indianapolis loses to the Jaguars, fuck, I can't remember. If Indy and the Jaguars both lose, um, the Chargers and the Raiders who play on Sunday could effectively not play an entire game, 
Like they could go out on the field and they could do nothing. And both of them would be guaranteed to go to the playoffs. Meaning there could be an entire football game where nobody runs, passes, does anything other than kneel and punt and run the clock down and end in a tie. And both of those teams would be able to go to the playoffs. No questions asked. And this would be the most bizarre game you've ever seen in your life. Imagine like soccer, right? Soccer games can end zero to zero after an hour and a half of action and playtime and nobody does anything. They just kick the ball around, they run around, they get yellow carded, they pretend to cry about their ankles, whatever, right? Now imagine a bunch of football players who don't hit each other, they don't run the ball, they don't do anything, they just run the clock down. Imagine how furious anyone that works at the NFL would be. Imagine how furious old, diehard, gridiron fans would be to watch a game where no one runs a play, where no one does anything other than simply let the time go down because they know they're guaranteed no matter what. Now you could play, and I know it's very ego-driven. It's a bunch of, you know, 20-something, 30-something-year-old testosterone packed to the gills dudes on a field fighting over a ball like hey come here give me that ball and the other guy's like no and he runs away right that's football right it's kind of dumb when you think about it but imagine just imagine if this could happen I would be so excited one because I'm a Raiders fan and two if anybody gets to do that it should be the Raiders (laughs) like we should be allowed especially for John Madden you know how about that how about everybody just kneels the entire game out of respect for John Madden and also the Chargers are kind of good, and it's like, I don't feel like it's as big of a rivalry now because both teams aren't in California, but of course I'd love to beat the Chargers, but I would also love to make sports history by exposing this flaw in the playoff system of the NFL just to stick it to like Roger Goodell and all these team owners. Just uh, It'd be so beautiful to just waste everyone's time on a national, you know, <laughs> the biggest sport in America, right? Football is arguably the biggest sport. You know, like, I just, I don't know. I think it would be so funny to just be able to waste everyone. It'd be like a giant bit. Like, we're just going to waste everyone's time and we both win. It's a win-win for us. And then imagine the publicity gets for everybody, you know? I just think it'd be fun for everybody involved. There's nothing to lose by doing it other than ego, which, you know... When you're talking about a bunch of dudes that are jacked up on testosterone and probably steroids, it's hard to bring them down from that mountain. But, man, if I had a wish, that would be my wish, is that I get to see a game between the Raiders and the Chargers that guarantees both of them go to the playoffs and no one has to do anything. It'd be great. It'd be awesome. So that's what I'm hoping for uh, this weekend. Um, If you have a a TV or a Yahoo Sports account... um, Tune in for that. Hopefully it'll be legendary. If not, fucking I hope we go to the playoffs, please. Even if we get knocked out. Just let me let me say this season was somewhat of a success after losing a receiver and a head coach. Just let me get to the playoffs. Let me be like it was worth it, you know? We did all right. We did all right, you know? But that's it. We're at 55 minutes. I think you guys know what time it is. It is time for the weekly recommendation. Um, I don't know if I've done this one before. Um, but I've been excited to do it. Uh, this week is an artist, one of my favorite and one of my best friends' favorite growing up as well. Um, it's Kanye West. Kanye West is a madman. He's a genius. He's a weirdo. 
He's viral. He's bipolar. He's everything, right? Kanye West has been one of my favorite people since I was like fucking 10 years old. My first uh, rap CD I ever bought was Graduation by Kanye West. The second one I ever bought was Blueprint 3 by Jay-Z, who's like, you know, Kanye's older brother. But yeah, man, Kanye has been my favorite (laughs) ever since I was a kid. Um, Unpopular opinion, but I loved watching him steal the microphone from Taylor Swift. Even back then, I thought it was hilarious, um, probably for different reasons, just because I wanted to think it was cool and I wanted to be cool. But yeah, man, I think Kanye's a genius. I think uh, Kanye is underrated as far as all the um, innovations he's made to modern music. A lot of things people do now were never possible back in the day. Um, I'll never forget when a Kanye in pastels and uh, polo shirts outsold uh, 50 Cent uh, to basically put the nail in the coffin that gangster rap was dead and that there was a new wave and you didn't have to be so angry and so violent and so gangster to sell um, rap, you know, hip-hop. And, um, yeah, man, you can love or hate Kanye, but um, if you're a fan of music production, um, his sampling is just, it's unbeatable, you know. I don't think anybody samples a record like Kanye, and I don't think anybody... Uh, there's always been this line, uh, it's from Diamonds, um, off a of late registration, where Kanye says, um, I don't even write raps, I think them, that means I forgot better shit than you ever thought of. And ever since I've heard that, I've wanted to know if it's true, and I don't know, I can believe it's true all I want, but if that is true, that would mean that this man has never written a song in his life and has created some of the best works of art, in my opinion, in modern hip-hop, in hip-hop in, in general, um, especially when you know Kanye's story about how when he bought his first keyboard, he wanted to make music for video games, you know? And, you know, his mother would let him practice all the time, and uh, Kanye made beats for Jay-Z and Rockefeller for years before anybody gave him a chance. Uh, he used to rap uh, in, like, studio sessions, and people were like, oh, he's a producer rapper, like, he's not a rapper, you know, he's like... He's a, he's a trick pony, you know, he, he can make the beats, but you think he can rap too. It took forever for him to get on. Um, you know, he was kind of shelved by the industry, had all these deals and then got dropped. Nobody wanted to sign him. And then, uh, you know, Rockefeller gave him a chance. If you never heard, uh, Last Call, it's a great song where Kanye talks about his own experience, uh, in the music industry and what led him, you know, getting a chance to make music. Uh, it's like a 12 minute song, but it's amazing, man. The, the beat, the production, the story, Jay-Z's on it, um, you know, it just, when you listen to, you know, how Kanye would move back to Chicago broke with a keyboard and make a beat, and then that beat would end up on a Jay-Z album being, you know, Heart of the City, one of the most iconic beats, you know, and, uh, yeah, man, I know Kanye's done some crazy stuff, I know he's worn MAGA hats, I know he's, uh, divorced his wife, I know he's crashed his car, I know he's stolen, uh, you know, good moments from people on stages, um, but, you know, through all that, you know, the man, you know, the man's a genius, you know, he figured out how to sell, uh, cut up and burnt t-shirts for $80, you know, he learned how to sell, uh, rubber shoes for, like, you know, $500, whatever it is, the stuff he sells is more, it's more, uh, it has more value just because he made it, which is like, you could say it's stupid, but at the same time, it's genius from that perspective, you know? Um, but yeah, uh, 
I love Kanye. I think a lot of his albums are really good. There's a few I don't like, mainly just like Yeezus. Um, and then the last, like Christmas, not Christmas, Christian one he did. But uh, yeah, if you never listened to Graduation, Late Registration, College Dropout, um, Twisted Dark Fantasy, 808s and Heartbreaks, you know, Kanye's up there with, you know, 50 Cent for me. Like some of 50 Cent's music is just as timeless, although it's a different end. But yeah, man, Kanye is just, there's a Kanye song for every day. Uh, every mood I feel, everything I go through, I feel like I can find a Kanye song that either takes me back to a good memory, puts me in a good mood, or it can just describe uh, what I'm going through. So if you've never given Kanye a real chance, uh, go listen to some of his older music. Listen to College Dropout. Listen to it in order. Um, it's somewhat of a story. And man, College Dropout is a really good album to show like a very humble Kanye um, late registration kind of follows that up with a very storytelling and a Kanye trying to deal with being, you know, famous and also, you know, dealing with, uh, I guess not fitting in, you know, and then you have 808s and heartbreaks, which changed the game production wise. Um, so shout out to Kanye, one of my favorite artists ever. Um, first rap CD I ever bought. Um, the first music video I ever like, like watched over and over and over was good morning, uh, where it's animated with the little bear, and he's in the DeLorean from Back to the Future. Um, so yeah, shout out Kanye West, and shout out to all of you, anyone who made it to 1 minute and 45 seconds of this podcast. I appreciate you. If you can, go ahead, give me a 5-star rating on Spotify if you feel like I deserve it. If you think I deserve a 2-star rating, give me a rating on Spotify. I'd love to see it. Um, I'd love to hear from you guys. Nobody's done it yet, but if you want to and you're able to and you'd like to, send me an email, Just Last Week Podcast. Tell me what you think. Tell me what you don't like. Give me a recommendation, a comment, a question, concern, a riddle, anything. I'll react to it. I'll read it on the podcast. I'll answer your questions, anything. If you know me personally, you can send me a good old Facebook message, good old text message, maybe a Snapchat, you know. And, um, yeah, follow us on YouTube. I'm working on getting every episode on there because uh, I've been slacking and I forgot to make all the videos for, like, the past uh, six episodes. But, yeah, hit us up. Uh, let us know what you like, what you don't like. And, as always, I appreciate you. Share this with somebody if you think they would like it or if you think it deserves to be shared. And, as always, I appreciate you guys for coming out, and I will see you next week.